from the PSIA ASI Studios in Lakewood, Colorado. I'm George Thomas. You're listening to First Chair. And today we're going to be talking assessing people skills with team member Josh Fogg. Mr. Fogg, welcome to the show. Thanks, George. It's good to be back. Always great to chat with you and uh, learn from your amazing people skills and all the work you've put into this. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. That's very kind. That's probably too kind. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm not kidding one bit about your people skills or all the work that you've put in because, I mean, this has really taken a lot from you to come up with what are some pretty amazing uh, assessment guidelines for assessing people skills during level one, level two, level three. Can you get into a little bit about how that came about? And then uh, let's really get into more of an assessment situation and how those will be graded. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I think first and foremost, one of the reasons that, your compliments might be too kind is, um, I, I, you know, it's, uh, I'm just part of a team, uh, that helped build that assessment. So I'm one of many, uh, the people skills task force, and I hope I can remember everybody on the spot here, but, um, you know, I'm part of that task force and that includes Ann Shorling and Matt Larson, uh, and, um, Let's see, Zoe Mavis, and, um, oh, I'm forgetting some names. I'm so embarrassed. Um, Well, I am going to come to your defense because I did talk to a lot of people, and your name consistently came up as the person I should talk to when we had this discussion. Well, so my part on the task force, and as the names come to me, I'll be sure to blurt them out again. But uh, my part on the task force, how I got involved with it was through trying to help look at the assessment part of it. So the task force was asked to look at how to, um, if we can look at it now, how to observe, assess, and train. And so my kind of my skill set is on building the assessment part of it. Um, and uh, the reason kind of behind that ask was multifold um, as the learning connection mar- model first started um, evolving and, and coming to fruition. It was, you know, became pretty apparent that we had historically embedded some interpersonal skills, people skills, into our teaching skills. And as we looked to uh, cast a spotlight on the teaching skills, it became apparent that, well, we had some things that we really highly valued as an association and as an industry that, uh, that fell under people skills rather than teaching skills. Um, and then, you know, schools across the nation, uh, directors in particular, uh, really highly value staff uh, who have interpersonal skills, who can relate to a wide range of people. Um, that's the modern day expectation for sure is you never know who's coming to your resort and uh, you never, sometimes you don't know who you're going to be teaching day in, day out. and. Uh, it's our job to be adaptable and 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 shift and adapt to the people that come to us. So I think that's kind of the backstory there. 
Well, I remember when I first started doing this podcast with PSIA, that was a big discussion back in 2017 of how are the people skills? We know they're there, but how do we assess them? And that was a huge question. And then seeing that really evolve and, and take take shape, take form. Um, what was that process like for you? Um, yeah, so, you know, one of the big parts of the assessment part, and, uh, you know, uh, so uh, Brian Smith and I were tasked with first taking a look at that um, that assessment. So Brian was is also on the task force with us. And, you know, one of the things that really came to light uh, that, that Ann Shorling would always speak about in in any of our meetings was we're talking about behaviors and actions um, and not personality not uh, not who you are as a person you're not being judged in that sense uh, what's being assessed is the behaviors and actions that you uh, that are apparent in any sort of interaction um, and um, you know I think that whenever anybody looks at the assessment and that was always the big crux of the question was like how are we're going to all have to become you know armchair psychologists out here on the chair and, and that's not the case at all there uh, when I look at behaviors and actions and one of the things that we discussed on the task force a lot was how it's essentially the same ideas that you look at when you're watching somebody teach or ski or ride. You're, but those are the things that you can observe. You can observe how somebody behaves and acts uh, in these different lights. And so people skills, the assessment in that sense is really fairly similar to the other skill sets that we talk about within an assessment. So what are some of the observable things that you are looking for at Let's go ahead and start with level one. Yeah, sure. Well, in all the levels, um, you know, one of the things that really came together there uh, in working some other task force members that really helped create the, the, the structure of it, you know, including Katie Foyt from the Northwest and uh, Jennifer Simpson-Weir, uh, you know, we talked a lot about how we're talking about um, uh, relationship with others, communication skills, uh, and our self-management um, in particular. So those are kind of the three big groups of, of things that you're looking for. And within that, um, you can see on the performance guide that's available for every member to, to view, you can see how things are broken out in there. So in an actual assessment, when you are teaching, and, and one of the big crux moments here is that we had to, make sure that we were creating opportunities in our assessments from level one all the way up to level three that there was real authentic teaching interactions in that um, some assessments uh, in the nation have hypothetical situations where people talk about what they would teach and kind of lead people maybe through a progression of stuff and nationally Casting a light on people skills forced us to um, create real, at least one-on-one -on -one, uh, teaching moments where we could see how a candidate would interact 
with another person in real time and adapt to that person. Um, so at each level of certification, what we see is these uh, opportunities when you're teaching um, for your communication, how you create two-way communication with, with you and the students in your assessment there, your, your fellow peers, uh, and also relationship with others. So how do you, how aware are you of uh, some of the situations that are going on? How well do you uh, help start to create a network between the other members in your, in your group? Uh, and specifically, it's when you are teaching. Those are the things that are being assessed at that time, as well as uh, the aspects of the teaching skills. And that, do people skills, though, also, as an assessor, are you looking at how someone is working with the group when they're not really in the spotlight uh, giving teaching? Maybe they're the one being taught or maybe they're observing. I, I think we're showing some real people skills in all situations there. You're exactly right. So as I mentioned earlier, you, you picked right up on it. We, I'm, the third category that's out there is the self-management piece. And what uh, what directors across the nation wanted was uh, a sense of um, a sense of how people are exactly when they're when they're uh, participating in these events as well. And so our self-management um, skills are really assessed as you're participating in the event and in each day of the event um, for any part of that certification. So it's as much about you know how do you authentically engage with the other people in the group and that and that's the key it's authentically engage there's no need to go ab above and beyond uh, any normal interaction that you would have it doesn't have to be um, you know this uh, inauthentic way of you're there to to really pump people up and cheerlead the whole time you you can be you and still positively um, contribute and positively affect kind of the, the vibe of the group, if you will. So what's well, most go ahead. Sorry. There, if I can. Yeah. What's most important in all of these assessments is that the, the examiner is really asked to try to understand the intention behind the actions and behaviors that they're, that they're observing. Um, and so um, in every step of the way, there's opportunities for the examiner to, to ask follow-up questions with individuals within the group, whether it's through the self-management piece and how you're participating, or through those moments when you're teaching and you're speaking and we're viewing the communication relationship with others. Because we really want to understand what are your intentions as well as what are the impacts behind it. So I can very realistically look at my skiing and say, okay, George, you're really weak in these situations. And with the assessment coming up, we really need to work hard on this, this, and this. In my teaching and my technical knowledge, I feel pretty confident in this area, but I think I could use some work here, here, and here. So I really want to bone up on this. And But with people skills, how can we 
help train those? How can we find things that we need to work on and then that we don't take personally when uh, maybe the trainer says, hey, George, you know, we need to work on this in your presentation or in your group interaction skills. Yep. No, excellent question. When I think about the training, you know, one of the things that as a task force we would always talk about is to keep things in the context of what's being, of the actual context of teaching snow sports. And so, you know, you almost answered the question with your own question is that within your teaching, there are certain things that you might be working on. In those moments when you're training, I in your teaching, I think it's super important not to undervalue those interpersonal skills. How do you create um, your your lesson for your assessment in which you're actually teaching the people in front of you? And so the teaching and people skills start to kind of cross over with each other. Recognizing that somebody didn't understand you um, however, they may be being very polite about it, as we do when we're in assessment situations, and, and we're the, you know, we're the students in those, and that we nod along. But if you really pay attention and recognize, like, oh, are you following along? Am I moving too quickly here? Do you have what questions do you have? Trying to really engage the the other parties in the experience of the lesson not just the instruction that that's the training right there how do you engage other people in those situations so much like isolating uh, a specific uh, skiing fundamental or snowboard fundamental uh, you know a technical one say like controlling the center mass over the base of support um, while it's helpful to isolate that fundamental for a bit to get a good understanding of how to develop it, it doesn't, you not really get a chance to train it until you put it back into the bigger context of your riding. Much in the same, what I'm trying to say here is that if you look at people skills uh, through isolated moments only, then you miss out on the actual context that makes those things come to life and we can actually recognize the the how to adapt to other people for the assessment. And from assessments that have been done, how are the people skill assessments coming across? How are they being accepted? Uh, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It's a wonderful question. It was it was another piece that honestly uh, we had to think long and hard about. Um, and we, you know, as a task force, one of the things that we've spent time training examiners across the nation is to think about things through through a model called the. We often refer to it as the SBI model, or the Situation, Behavior, and Impact model. And so, in the assessment, we're we're asking examiners to walk through that situation, through that model in their feedback, so that much like you referred to earlier, it doesn't become a, a personal attack. Um, much like we do when we assess and give feedback. Uh, about skiing or riding, um, you know, good, good examiners uh, and good trainers don't watch somebody ski and say, 
eh, I didn't really like it. <laughs> what they what the good ones do is they say, Oh, you know, in the you know, initiation of your trunk it looks like you're rotating your upper body a little bit, leaning in. And that makes the skis, you know, pivot, rotate, or, you know, have a little stem going on there. Right? So we have a situation, the initiation of the turn, the behavior, the rotation of the upper body and uh, the uh, the leaning in on the turn. And then the impact. This is what happens to the skis. We can do the same thing with people skills, and that's the big encouragement. In the lesson, when you don't give space for other people to express their opinions or thoughts, they one of the things that can happen there is that they withdraw from engaging with the other members of the lesson, and therefore some of the content. So we have a situation when you do these things during the lesson or when uh, maybe even specifically pinpointing a point in your teaching when it was like you cut this person off or you just kind of moved on and never really asked any questions. Those are some of the behaviors as well. Here's the impact that occurs with that. Um, And when we get to that, then we're really just talking about behaviors and actions that any person can can change and therefore it's a skill and not an inherent trait about somebody so josh in conclusion we're working on improving our skiing and riding we're working on improving our teaching what are some things we can think of over the coming weeks as we're going into assessments that maybe will get us thinking about improving our people skills yeah, so you know, for, I mean, for me, I try to make it. I try to make it simple for me when I'm when I'm actually in the action of teaching. I try to pay attention to what's the balance of who's talking. Am I doing all of it? Is the other? Am I making space? Am I making statements or asking questions that engage people to interact with me? Um, so it's what's the balance of communication? Is it truly two way? And, and am I shifting and adapting to make that happen? So I think about that. Um, I think about how can I create choices and opportunities for people to make choices in a lesson. Uh, they don't have to be every single choice, but giving people a say in what happens, um, giving them that kind of that that opportunity it does two things one is it to me it enhances that two-way communication and the other is that as the as the teacher as the as the pro there i have to think about what's the choice i'm going to give people and in order to do that i have to become kind of aware of what's happening within the group and the relationships with others going on there so that the choice makes sense what I'm what I'm offering um, whether it's it, it can be anything well Josh Fogg I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us uh, really enjoyed this discussion with you thank you very much you're welcome yeah um, you know I think my, my final take home is to recognize that when you're out there and you're teaching whether it's in an assessment or it's in the real world at our jobs is that um, you know 
The instruction is part of the lesson, but it's not all of it. The interaction between people is what enhances the experience as well for people and therefore makes the, the instruction uh, even better and makes the learning go better. But uh, instruction is just one part of the lesson experience. Oh, thank you so much, Josh. Really appreciate yeah. you taking the time to chat with us. Thank you, George. Appreciate it. From the PSIA ASI Studios in Lakewood, Colorado, I'm George Thomas.